Hello, and welcome to the Inspiring Capital Podcast. This is the show for the purpose-driven person who isn't afraid to have the difficult conversations about the challenges and opportunities of having a positive impact in their personal lives and at work. There's a lot to talk about around impact and purpose these days, and we feel and hear from our community a need for more honest and pragmatic conversations about the complexities of social and environmental change. Today, I'm with Taryn Hipwell, the author of How to Shop for Shift. She's the founder of Beyond the Label, a thought leader, and a consumer engagement specialist in the realm of sustainable fashion. Beyond the Label, or BTL, started as a partnership with TEDxLA to educate West Coasters about the true health, social, and environmental cost of their fashion purchases. Taryn is the art and fashion chair of the United Nations Women's USNCLA and an advisor board member for Fashion Revolution USA. Taryn is committed to producing fun, authentic, bold content, books, and events that shatter stereotypes, shift perceptions, and change lives. So you might have guessed it by now, but today we're talking about fashion because it is a $3 trillion industry that affects virtually every person on the planet. I'm Bernadette Hopin, Community and Brand Manager at Inspiring Capital, and it's time to plug in. Let's dive right into the struggle. Hello, Taryn. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to share about sustainable fashion. Me too. This is such an interesting and very important conversation. And I don't know if there's something in the water, but I'm hearing everyone at so many different events talking on on this topic, which is really exciting because it's definitely something that needs a lot of attention. So I'm I'm very excited to have you as our um, guest today on our podcast. Thank you. And I, I will say just recently, it was Fashion Revolution Week. So the conversation is a lot, like there's a big buzz around it right now, especially globally in a hundred different countries. So wow. uh, it's interesting to know that even just seven years ago when I started doing Eco Divas, that where we're at now is so different than me trying to find at least one or two items per collection that might have some redeeming quality. So right. it's, it's really great to see where we're at now. Awesome. Yeah. And and I, I'm really happy you brought this up, but um, I love that the word eco diva is associated with you and your brand. And um, I'd love for you to explain to our listeners what, what does eco diva mean? Initially, I was actually working at Warner Brothers and I wanted to find a way to make sustainable fashion fun and interesting. So I had created a webisode series and I was also going to school at UCLA. Uh, at the time. And so I was developing this series and the, the idea was is to have a woman that plays the eco diva in the eye of the public, but she's really not as clean as she says that she is. And I play her personal assistant and I clean up all her messes. So essentially I'm actually the eco diva. And the funny thing was, is I didn't actually realize I was really going to have to be in front of the camera. I, I had brought in this woman, she was British. She was so like, blank and suave and actually in real life she's a UN speaker and so it was really fun to start you know bringing humor to the conversation of sustainable fashion to start attracting more people to pay attention and so that's how it started and then uh, I did end up you know becoming eco diva by the fact that you know I would go to events and people would you know call me that but the thing was is I wanted to have a movement where I could get people to take ownership of the eco diva things that they do 
so when I was at events, I would ask people, you know, what do you do to be sustainable? And what do the words eco-diva mean to you? And it was incredible. Like some of the answers were Diana Ross singing while she has leaves in her hair blowing in the wind. And, <laughs> and then there would be like more serious answers where it's like, well, of course it's like recycling. Like, you know, just kind of like, duh, like everybody knows that recycled fashion and secondhand is awesome. And, and it was cool to even get a little bit of attitude. Like, yeah, this is like the cool conversation right now. So, um, yeah, it's been really fun to see how Eco Divas kind of came about and it's still around and, you know, people use the word and it has, you know, a bit of power and oomph to it. Right. No, that's awesome. And, and I love how there was a wide range of answers and you're making um, this conversation around sustainable fashion fun instead of intense, which it is, it is also intense. Um, but before yeah. we, we dive into that, um, I would also like you to give a little bit back of backstory um, to Behind the Label. And if you could explain that movement and what it's really turned into and your role in that. It's interesting that you said behind the label because that oh, is sorry. actually something that Eileen Fisher does. But the cool thing is... is beyond the label. Beyond the label. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. There's like They created behind the label to start exposing the fashion industry and getting people to pay attention to manufacturers. And so with us, we um, had this opportunity to partner with TEDxLA and have since actually our very first Beyond the Label uh, fashion panel that we did, I had a Pepperdine student come up to me and, you know, actually want me to be on her panel. And I was like, well, listen, I had TEDx LA approach me recently and they want to do an event where we do a t-shirt exchange. Would you want to put your panel with this t-shirt exchange? And she's like, yeah. And I said, you know, if you had a dream panel, what would it look like? And she is like, I'd love to have Andrew Morgan on the panel from the True Cost. I'm like, okay, done. She's like, how about somebody from uh, Reformation? I'm like, okay, cool. I, I got you. And she's like, what about Eileen Fisher? And I'm like, I, I'm not sure how to figure that out, but we're going to figure it out. And so um, initially there was a woman, Susanna Schick, that had referred me to the panel and she was the um, fourth panelist. And so the panel, the way that it came together was we went to go and out the location and it just so happened that Eileen Fisher was on the top floor. We went up like this was like literally five days before the event asked if they could have a speaker and they gave us an answer within 24 hours and we literally had her perfect panel and it was just like the universe wanted this conversation to happen. So it was it was pretty brilliant that that's how Beyond the Label got its like start with its very first event. And then what was great was during the t-shirt exchanges, we were asking the people that came to attend to bring a secondhand t-shirt. And in exchange, we created nutrition label t-shirts that had the contents and ingredients of the t-shirt actually printed on the front like a nutrition label so that people could start getting aware and start to think fabric first. So that's how Beyond the Label started. So I, I, I love that. I think that that's great. And people are, you know, not hiding um, what's in their um, shirts, but actually wearing it and starting that conversation. And I wasn't even aware of this until I actually started talking to you and, and learning more about Beyond the Label. And um, through the research that Beyond the Label um, publishes and also shares, um, you guys report that 25% of the world's chemicals are used for textile production, which makes the fashion industry the second largest uh, polluter after the oil industry, 
which is crazy. That that's that just absolutely blew my mind. And that leads me to ask you, when I get dressed in the morning, do I need to be worrying about my health? Yes. The simple answer is, yeah, actually, there is a direct correlation to your health and what you put on your body. So one of the phrases that we use is your body. uh, So your pores are like tiny little mouths and whatever you put against them or next to them, they eat. And so when I was part of a social enterprise academy, we started talking about this and I had a group of students ask me, you know, why is it that you're passionate about this and and what are you like, what are your issues? And, And I also had another friend at the same time who has a nonprofit organization that, uh, she does wheelchair dancing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, listen, you know, I was paralyzed for a certain amount of time. And this is why I speak about what I speak about. Why is it that you speak about this? And I'm like, well, it, it took me a minute to like sit down and think. And I was like, okay, my entire life, I've had allergies to different types of chemicals that are related to fabric. And so I, and I'll go back to the UCLA students. Um, as I'm like trying to figure out what this question looks like for me, they proposed for me to put together a list of all the things I'm allergic to. And so I started with all the way back when I was younger, like my mom and uh, grandma would take us to Kmart to get our school clothes and my sisters could wear the clothes out of the store and I couldn't. I had to wait two weeks for my mom to wash them because of the finishing agents and the, like, let's say fire retardants and dyes and off-gassing and like anything residual from the dye process. And so you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm just like the weird little nerdy kid that's allergic to everything. But literally, I am the weird little nerdy kid that's allergic (laughs) to everything. And I'm aware of it. And so, you know, when I walk into a store that has terrible chemicals, um, I can literally have a reaction that's equivalent to having like instant flu. Like I'll get literally physically sick and and nose running and migraines and, and things like that. But um yeah, the, the main one that really kind of shifted my reality is my first job out of college for a big designer in New York was amazing to get to see really great treatment of people. I, I had the opportunity to go to all the different places where she did production. I helped with the sample making. Um, for me, I never really told anybody while I was working there that I was having uh, allergic reactions to the off-gassing of mohair fur. And uh, there were a couple of other like fabrics, but that one, uh, there was one thing that I didn't even realize until recently, which is fur is sprayed with formaldehyde to keep it from decomposing. And that just grosses me out. So (laughs) I'm not sad that I'm allergic to this stuff at all. Um, And so I would get these like hives and patches and I call it my soft spot where like on my neck, on my wrist, like right where my elbow bends. Mm. And, and then I would get migraines from the die off gassing. And so it was just something that I never really talked about because I figured, Oh, it's just me. But now I'm starting to find out that it's other people. And even on a small level, when I was telling, you know, when we were putting together this whole list and I was telling the students, uh, how um, I'm so reactive to things. The one of the students just kind of laughed, and I was like, "Why are you laughing?" She's like, "Well, I went to the school store and I bought a sweatshirt, and it made me itchy all day, and I didn't really think anything about it, and then I put it in the wash, and then I was never itchy again." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, that's that's the finishing phrase and and dyes and things like that." 
and you can watch like you know the dye residual like stuff out of it uh within like two three washes and then it's totally normal but it also made me realize my other aha moment is that's why i do better with secondhand clothes like all i have to do is wash the other person's detergent out and then i can start wearing it for myself so detergents like another thing that i'm allergic to too Um, Mm. but they've already washed out all the other chemicals right yeah and 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 that's it's very interesting to hear your story about your allergies in the relation to fashion, because I think when people think about sustainable fashion uh, broadly, they think about the um, environment, which is very important. And of course, 25% of the world's chemicals, that's a, a serious issue that we need to talk about, but also the, the direct effect that that has on the individual too, and our own personal health, not just um, what's happening in the environment as a whole. So thank you for sharing that. Your relationship with that, I think that's important. And I'm, I'm curious if there are any listeners who maybe that will resonate with them. And if there is anyone listening that has a similar story, uh, Taryn, um, let us know. And, and I think we should share that because it's it's powerful and important to talk about. Like on, on the like more global level of clothes that are going out into the water systems and soil, there's like just the true cost was really amazing about mm. bringing up uh, the chemicals that are in the cotton industry grown in Texas specifically and how it actually reduces life expectancy of the farmers. And so there is like relation to what's going on with the unregulated dumping of chemicals as well as the effect on the human body. So, uh, and initially, like when I would share about why I do what I do, it is because I had watched a film probably 10, 15 years ago at this point where uh, there was chemical runoff from a cotton field that went into the water system. The water system goes into a school, into a community, and 12 and 13-year-old kids are getting cancer and leukemia just from drinking from a water fountain. And that, that was like initially the base of where I spoke, um, but then making it more human and real and relating it to myself was the second part. So that's, that's really like one of the places that I speak from. And, and right now, like True Cost started to bring up the conversation and a new movie is called River Blue, which definitely covers the unregulated dumping because they saw a Google Earth photo of the actual blue rivers from the sky and wow. that's how bad it is with yeah the chemicals that are getting dumped especially from the denim industry but another conversation is that there's a saying that you know the colors of next season's fashion by the colors of the river in china and that's just i mean each of these conversations kind of comes chronologically in a different order uh, that I'm saying them out loud, but it's just the research and the things that uh, the community as a whole has been paying attention to. It's really great to have a space. Yeah, it's such an important conversation because it does bleed into so many different um, areas of uh, every type of industry, right? It's not just this little bubble of just the fashion industry, but it's affecting you know, local water sources and our, and our schools and our governments. And yeah, it's a, it's a monster for sure. And I, I would love for you to talk a little bit about the relationship and of uh, fast fashion and also fast food. Because you sometimes talk about the mentality of those two. So can you, can you elaborate on that? 
Yeah, well, in the conversation of does your clothes affect your health, mm -hmm. it was interesting because last week that conversation got brought up during one of the panels, and uh, I was actually sitting beside somebody from Mara Hoffman, and, and somebody kind of was just like, you know, we know that your food affects your health, but not your clothes. And her and I both like were like, what? Huh? Wait, wait, we need to have a second to talk about that. So it was, it was funny that there was like, it was a head turning assumption. And for us, we feel that it is time to have a bigger conversation relating cancer to uh, your clothes. So like there's an idea that, you know, you go, you have fast fashion, it's just, or so you have fast food and it's just something that you, it's quick, it's easy, but the effects of it are long-term and imperative, actually, if you're eating fast food on the regular and same with fast fashion, if you're consistently, and let's even go a little bit further, if you're buying like a lot of plastic, like polyester clothing, and you're wearing it all the time, this does physically affect your body because you're literally feeding your pores with plastic and so there is a possibility that there's a relation to plastic clothes to your your body and it, in the same way that there's cancer being formed from eating food that is heavy in chemicals so for the idea of something that's like quick and easy and not really taking in the long-term effects of it that they're parallel like fast fashion and fast fast food are parallel. And there's just not as much research and not as many conversations based around the idea and concept of healthy fabrics yet. Mm -hmm. And I say yet because there are conversations. We just want to make it much bigger and get more people to be talking about this. Yeah. So what are some other roadblocks that are getting in the way of this, um, this sustainable fashion movement really exploding? So definitely that roadblock of the mentality of, of not making the connections to personal health is one, but, but what are some of the other roadblocks that you've noticed? I believe that at the moment, we have an opportunity to find a bigger platform to be able to have this conversation. Finding those platforms and being able to talk on podcasts like this, this is incredible because it gives the sustainable fashion movement an opportunity to reach out to people that might not be in the bubble of sustainable fashion. Because we know that our little world is our little world and we want to share it as much as possible. So I would say first is figuring out what platforms and the largest soapbox to stand on and to do it in such a way that it's not invasive and we do our best to use humor to educate about fashion. Like one of the things that I talk about sometimes is that I am allergic to polyester. And when I was 40 years old, I found out that I can no longer wear it because it makes my armpits leak. Like literally I was at a VIP event in Hollywood and I started having drips come down from my armpit and falling off of my elbows. And I'm wearing a fancy party dress with polyester lining. And oh my God. My, and I don't know if it's psychosomatic, but my body just was like, at this, why are you doing this? You know better and stop wearing this crap. And so I was like, all right, I got it. Thanks for the message. And I will not be doing that, but I'm going to tell people about my leaky armpits because it's funny. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so platform and, and figuring out what the, the biggest places are that we can get this message out there. And then the other thing is, is there are a lot of opportunities for Beyond the Label right now to go and speak at school. However, 
the schools that we really would love to have an effect on may not have a budget for us to come to. So we're in the process of looking for funding and to understand which grants we can apply for. Um, we're in the direction of figuring out what science grants we might be able to do, even figuring out ways to partner with STEM or STEAM education. Um, and yeah, find, finding ways to be able to create speaking events that are funded in some way. So, so those are our two challenges. One is more broad for the movement and the other one is more specific to how we'd like to roll out. And with the guidebook, I mean, that's the thing that's really incredible is we've had this opportunity to pull something together that shares all the different organizations that are out there already that are making a difference and seeing what they've done and how they've had a contribution and how each different lane that people are playing in is just as important to the next. So for like, let's say fashion revolution, they started with the ethical treatment of people and they get people to think about uh, who made your clothes. And then with um, Greenpeace, they have a detox program, which is in the process of getting the large brands and smaller brands and fabrics to get chemicals out of their their production process. And then for us, we want to be the educational platform that connects all of those awesome people with consumers. So that's that's where we're at right now. And again, like I said, like making sure that the conversation is fun and figuring out ways to get funding to have this conversation. It's awesome. And uh, you, so you mentioned the guidebook. Do you want to tell um, our, our listeners a little bit more about that? So what is this guidebook that you created and, and how can how can I get my hands on it? <laughs> Yay. Well, when we were doing the UCLA program, before that even started, we had wanted to do a guidebook. And I have a friend that runs a, let's see, how do I explain this? It's called Take Back Your Health Conference. There we go. Uh, sometimes it takes me a second. And the Take Back Your Health Conference, she just kept announcing that we're creating this guidebook and we're creating this guidebook. And we're like, oh, okay, we're creating this guidebook. And the question we always get asked when we go to events is, what should I wear and where can I find it? And so we wanted to create a guide that was super simple, clean and clear, and fun for people to understand how to shop in their lane, what types of things to look for, and where to find it. And again, giving props to the organizations out there that are either the certifications or the ones that are pushing the brands to do better. And, and then there's also a section that's specific to fabric. So we created the Fab Five fabric list to make it super simple for people. Uh, and then a little bit more in depth, we also have a F'd Up Fashion Five list, which lists the terrible chemicals to try to avoid, which that, that's going to be something that we'll focus on in the future. Right now, we want to introduce some of the names of the chemicals, but it's not as easy as like the dirty dozen list with uh, fruits like don't eat strawberries because they're sprayed a lot. Like you can remember strawberries and cherries and this and that and the other thing. Um, it's not as easy to remember things like formaldehyde or, you know, just, like big words. So, right. and, and the, the other part with that particular list is that um, it's more for the fabric people to start avoiding those particular fabrics. So where that list fits in, we want for people that are purchasing clothes to push fabric brands to do better. So that, that's why it's included. But again, like the easy one is 
the, the Fab Five fabrics. So just a short list of fabrics to look for, which includes recycled cotton, organic cotton, um, and a few other ones. Uh, and then as far as uh, getting the book, so we have a beta test version of the book online, and we are doing some updates, especially given that Fashion Revolution, we both in LA and New York were really big this year, and there were really incredible people to get connected with. So I, I genuinely think I'm going to make like two full new pages just of the cool people we got in, in that week because it was just ridiculous and awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and it really was. Like, I'm so excited. And Lauren Fay is, like, the coolest chicken in the world. Hi, Lauren! Um, so, we, we really want to, uh, yeah, to, to be able to, to connect everything through this book. And it's, we've gotten some notes back, and, I, and you know, it's for anybody that does get the beta test book, we, it's on sale right now. We have a discount code for um, people that sign up for the newsletter. And then the launch is going to happen most likely in September. So the great thing is, is I'm in the process of talking to FIT Carson. Um, I'll reach out to the BSCA to do some really cool events in September. So uh, we'll be in New York and then in Los Angeles, most likely with um, Santa Monica College, UCLA. And I've been teaching at FIDM, uh, Fashion Institute of Design and Marketing, for seven years now. So... We'll, we'll have some fun things to be able to share the rollout of the guidebook. So that's great. And congratulations on your success in getting that um, off the ground. And we'll definitely keep our audience and listeners up to date on um, all your events that are going to be happening in September. Um, but we are getting close to time. So I did want to ask you quickly, where do I begin, right? So the responsibility of sustainable fashion is so huge. So where does someone start tomorrow without burning a hole in their wallet, especially with change of seasons, people are going to be shopping. If you could give one or two very quick, easy, tangible things that our listeners can do, of course, while they're waiting to order your book. Awesome. Uh, well, the first thing is secondhand is awesome. It helps divert chemicals out of the process of the making of the clothes, which sometimes when people are shopping secondhand, they don't really think about that fast. Doing clothing swaps among your friends. Uh, we've been doing clothing swaps in LA for over 10 years now, which is funny to go back and watch the videos because they totally look like handheld <laughs> camcorders from the 80s. Uh, anyways, compared to like the stuff that's going on now. Um, and then... <laughs> My favorite brand to share with people as far as affordability goes is Pax. And they've found a way to do a direct-to-consumer business model so they can give you a higher quality product for a lower price because they don't do the huge retail markup. And uh, they do amazing sales around the year. So you can get like yoga pants for sometimes like $16. And they last a long time. I mean, I, I was just in Bali and I've been testing out all different kinds of yoga pants that aren't polyester because that's like yoga pants are kind of killing the oceans with microfibers. And so, yeah, Booty has uh, also an affordable pair of uh, bamboo. Um, their, their price point is a little bit higher. So, you know, Pax is the one to start with as far as like leggings and, and things like that. So I, I will say one more thing is if you think about spending, let's say, $36, because that seems to be a going price for a much healthier t-shirt. Hmm. It will last longer, but for me, it's more about it's effing soft. Like, if you've ever worn Tencel, it's ridiculous. So I'm going to sell on the soft factor and the fact that it lasts longer. 
<laughs> soft and last longer. Two very important things when it comes to fashion. Um, but no, but awesome. Thank you for sharing those. And we'll definitely, um, I'm excited to look into PAC. That sounds like an incredible business model. And I definitely want to explore that. And in our, in our last few minutes, I really want to make sure that our listeners uh, get to know a little bit more about who Taryn is. And to do that, we do some quick fire questions. So are you up for a couple quick fire questions? <laughs> I am. <laughs> awesome. So the first question, which I think gives really good insight, is uh, what is your favorite book? It goes back and forth, but what I'm going to answer today is there's a book by Carl Hyacin called Skinny Dipping, hmm. and he writes about environmental uh, action adventure in Florida in the Keys where really bad things go down, and it's crazy because he has a way of making the environmental issues down there seem very seedy and uh, just awesome. So that's, that's the one I'm going to say today. All right. <laughs> Um, and what gets you out of bed in the morning? The idea that there's a voice, not just mine, that's happening right now that has an opportunity to be magnified around this conversation. And it's just really exciting because I love supporting the Beyond the Label team because they're a group of experts that know different things than I do and have different ways of speaking to even their own followers and then getting to go to events that there are incredible people that also have different conversations. And so we're covering a lot of ground by having a, a great community that supports each other. Awesome. I love that. So that passion definitely gets you out of bed in the morning. But then what's the first thing that you do when you are out of bed in the morning? I call it fake yoga because apparently I have been doing yoga since I was 12, but I didn't know it until I was about 25. And all that was, was I took my stretches from soccer and ballet and gymnastics, and I used the ones that I liked the best just to release energy from my body so I could fall asleep. And then I saw a deck of cards, and there were 52 different poses, and I knew 36 of them. And uh, that's how I found out that I'd been doing yoga, and I didn't even know the word <laughs> yoga until I was about 20 years old. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Um, and then also, what is one thing that our audience can do today to live a more impactful life? My way of answering this is simply to figure out what you're most passionate about and relate that to other things in your life and how that resonates with like when I taught designers in the past I've shared with them you know if you want to do a line what is it that you care about so if it's water issues if it's toxicity if it's waste if it's cancer if it's animals whatever you're passionate about find ways to relate that to other things that you're doing in your life and you'll find really cool things that relate to it. And I, I feel like it's something small because it'll be coming from a place where you're already passionate about it. And you can just keep doing what you do and just find different ways to do it. Awesome. Thank you. I can't think of a better way to um, wrap up this podcast. And, and I want to thank you so much for um, joining us and congratulations on all your efforts and the launch of your first book. And I'm excited to hear everyone's feedback when everyone reads it. So thank you. Hey, <laughs> thank you for having me. I'd like to give a big thanks to Taryn Hipwell for diving so thoughtfully into the struggle with me today. Also, thank you for tuning in and listening. Make sure to subscribe and rate our show. And for more information about this podcast, you can visit inspiringcapital.ly backslash podcast. 
Signing off, this has been Bernadette Hopin. Until next time, stay inspired. Thank you.